Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Takes the snap, back in the pocket, up in the pocket, throws down the middle of the field, and that is picked off! They got it! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. So what is going on in San Francisco? Is it possible this year? Trey Lance just gets released. Out. Earlier on the show, CBS Sports NFL analyst Amy Trask. Angels manager Phil Nevin. Coming up, basketball Hall of Famer Jerry West. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Susie Schuster. Hi, everybody. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen here on the Rich Eisen Show. Happy Friday to you all. We're on our second or third mimosas of the day. Amy Trask was just on the show. We had ice cream with Amy and questions as we will want to be done. TJ Jefferson here with you, Jay Philly and Chris Brockman. And to my right is my favorite guest. And I think he knows that. And I can say that because I'm sitting in my husband's chair. And can you tell somebody in a national studio audience that you've got a crush on somebody if they're sitting on the set next to you? Or is that just weird? (laughs) Poor Rich, here we are. And Jerry West joins me right now here on the Rich Eisen Show. And Jerry, I'm... I don't take it for granted um, that you are willing to come down to the studio and sit with us and spend time with us. So thank you again for doing that. Well, I appreciate it, Susie. Obviously, I've known you forever and um, and also Rich, not as well as I have I have known you. But um, it's a pleasure to be here today. I know you, you have a great show and I watch it myself sometimes. Well, I appreciate that. <clears throat> it means a lot to us. Let's talk about the state of the National Basketball, the National Basketball Association. Let's talk about the NBA. What is the state of it right now? Well, you know, Susie, to me, uh, from a distance, you know, I've watched this league for so many years, from the time I started my career here as a player in Los Angeles to being involved uh, with the Lakers for so many years of my life. And it has just like spread like wildfire, to be honest with you. Uh, the league has prospered, the teams, the interests worldwide um, uh, it's just it's just amazing where it came and great leadership teams that have been really positive and some players that obviously people love to watch play. Uh, so it's in good hands right now, and I think it will continue to grow and be even bigger worldwide. And now we're seeing coaches from overseas. We're seeing a lot. Obviously, the players just keep coming. But let's talk about that international side to the NBA. Well, repeat that last part again now. Just question about how the international side of the NBA has grown, because now we're seeing foreign-born coaches. We've already seen 
years and years of players. But how is this changing the NBA? You know, you would never think that we'd have players from Canada, which is was reserved for ice hockey for so many years. And now we've got some great players from Canada coming in. And who ever thought that Australia would provide a number of really good basketball players. And if you look at the most valuable players in our league, where they came from, they're from, from Europe. Uh, Jokic, um, uh, Giannis, and also a, another a great, great player who has performed in this league for so long, Embiid. Uh, we have some incredible players. And to me, that's part of the growth of the league when you see players from other countries come here. It creates an interest in starting with little kids that they might know because they're young. And it'll continue to grow as they play longer and play like the MVPs that they have become. Uh, Luka Doncic, my goodness, um, incredible young player. And then you look at the players that are kind of American-born. They continue to get better. Um, every once in a while, I watch things on YouTube connected with basketball. And just to watch how these kids work out and how dedicated they are, there's a lot of money in this league. And for a kid not only to be able to live his dream, to, to become a, a LeBron James or a, a Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, they have been doing this from the time they're, that they can walk. And it's amazing to me to see how these kids come in so polished, not with their, and particularly with dribbling skills. And probably the last thing will come are the shooting skills. But it's just amazing how, how good these kids are. They, they play like a, a college schedule all over the world today, uh, particularly when they're 12 to 16 years of age. And... It's just amazing where they have come at such a young period of their lives because with all this ability to watch every piece of information out there for them, it just makes for a great, great opportunity to, for these kids to get better. And if you remember how, how difficult it is, 440 kids play in the NBA. That's it. They're not going to have any more. And uh, it's, it's highly, highly competitive. And that's what I think the growth of this league is going to become. And we'll see better and better players going forward. What are your thoughts on Victor Wembanyama? I mean, obviously we saw him <clears throat> just in a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of time on the court. I can't think of a better coach than Greg Popovich to help him along. But what are your thoughts on him? Well, a, a disclaimer first, <laughs> okay, <laughs> if you're, uh, because I'm still involved with the Clippers today. Sure, you're sure. really not supposed to talk about other players, and I hope the NBA understands that, um, understands that. But he is one of those players that you feel like he's going to be an iconic player. Uh, if you watch him, he's highly skilled. He probably needs to be, you know, more schooled in playing uh, the, in the NBA. Um, he can run. He can shoot three-point shots. I think his best skill is going to be blocking shots early in his career. But uh, for people who haven't seen him play, uh, he's, he's pretty spectacular. But the other thing about him, if you put a microphone in front of him, he is fantastic. And to me, he's more than a basketball player. He is someone who gives the league another positive voice. 
His first game in the summer league when I watched him play, he 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 really did not play as up to his hype, and none, none of those kids do at that age. But the, he got on TV afterwards, and he was being interviewed, and he said, well, I didn't have my best game, but I think I'll do better going forward. I mean, he was so polished and so poised. And that's what the NBA needs, another voice to replace the ones who have been here for years. So uh, to me, it's just like, you know, from one generation to the next, and he's going to create a new, a new player, also new fans. You know, that's what we talked about on the phone the other day. Yes. We talked about <clears throat> Atenecompo. We talked yeah. about Jokic. We talked about these voices that are just making the, the NBA look better and better every time they open their mouths. Well, as I say, that's what's that's what's remarkable. I think we're going to get we're getting kids now from Europe. A lot of kids in Europe, France, at one time did not have a very good basketball program. They have a great basketball program, and again, I think it's because of the the French players who've played over here successfully, um, and also Victor is the next in line. We're going to see kids from more kids coming from Africa. I think because the NBA has done an incredible job. NBA, and, and along with uh, Masai Ursary at, at Toronto, they've done an incredible job. They have brought resources to them that they didn't have. And for if you're a solitary person and there's not very many people around, basketball, you can do everything that you need to do to develop your skills. And then comes playing against competition. And these kids are going to be like, when I was a kid, that's all I did was shoot basketball by myself, never dreaming that I would be able to play at the highest level in this league. And there's hundreds and thousands of kids all over the world who have that dream. Jerry West here on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. Do you think that Victor is worthy of the comparison, the best prospect since LeBron? It's a lot of pressure on a kid. Oh, I think for sure. Um, you know, just his sheer size it's compelling to see him. Um, I saw a picture of him with David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and he makes them look like they're they're really small. But his length, his reach, but he's got he's got something special about him. I guess it would be like if you walked into a store and there were three pairs of shoes there, only one of them would catch your eye, and he is going to catch your eye. That's for sure. And I think being with the Spurs, Greg, Greg Popovich, and the, the people who have run this franchise successfully for years, they'll do a fantastic job with him, getting him ready to play at the highest level. And remember, he's, what, 19 years old? I mean, my goodness, he could play till he's, these players play down to their 35, 36, 37. And so it's going to be, I'm anxious. I'm actually anxious to watch him grow as myself. And yet our friend Shaquille O'Neal says, I would love to be on the, on the court with him. He's like, he, we were talking about it recently. He said, I would love to get out there because the evolution of the big man has changed. Clearly, we're seeing a lot of big men who can do a lot more things than Shaquille could do, even though if I, I would tell him that to his face and he'd probably be annoyed, but that's okay. I can take it. <laughs> well, but, I, I, you know, Shaquille and I uh, still keep in touch. And again, I love that guy. He's just a wonderful person and he has time for everyone. Um, and when you get to know him, the one thing you don't realize is just how darn big he is, not in height, but he is like proportionate. 
I saw a picture of him with uh, Will Chamberlain and, um, no, with Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, I believe. Um, And he just, if you look at him standing there together, from a distance you would say that Shaquille is so much taller than He's not. He's like an oak tree. You know, you put him in the ground, he's not going to move. But I complimented the last time we uh, uh, text, and I complimented him. I said, you're in better shape now than you ever were when you played. He's lost a lot of weight. He oh, I told really him the same good. thing. He was so mad at me. I said, you, you look really good. You, you don't look as chunky as you did when you were playing. He's like, I was never chunky. You saw me in the locker room and said, you were chunky. He was well, like, you got to kid him. Chunky. Have fun with him. You have to, you have to say to, to his face, like, Shaquille, yeah. you were a little chunky. But, you know, he gets really mad about that. What's right. your favorite Shaquille story? Because you must have a good story or two from back I in the I have a lot of good ones about him. I'm not sure they're susceptible to be on the air, but <laughs> I, I, I do remember the first game that he was supposed to play in Los Angeles. He was ready to go and healthy. And we were going to play against the Utah Jazz, okay? And Utah had really good teams. And I see him, and... All of a sudden, I look up, and he's walking down there on the court, and he shoves or slaps Greg Ostertag. (laughs) I said, my gosh, what in the world is he doing? And so the league suspended him for a game. I said, kill. I said, you know, you're going to be a player that these fans are going to love in Los Angeles. And for the first game of the season at home, you're not going to play? And he apologized like he always would do. There's other incidents he went into. And I th- I think he was embarrassed by it. I really do. But Ostertag had said something about him that um, doesn't resonate very well with him. And I remember another time he gets kicked out of the game, and I go into the locker room to see how he was. And he had torn the doors off of a, the restroom areas that, that are protected. He said to me, oh, I'll be happy to pay for it. He said, no, I want to pay for this. And I said, no, 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 you can't pay for it. But how in the world can someone be this strong to, to rip these doors off? I, I mean, it was, it was crazy. But he, he is a fun guy, a really fun guy. He kept it light and airy, um, and particularly in a grueling NBA season, 82 games. And you know, some kids come into the league, and it's really funny, Susie. They come into the league, and their college team might lose one or two games. Hell, they might lose five straight games, and they're not used to it. So they have to learn how to participate in the league also. And um, he was he, – hes I don't know if I've ever had a more favorite player around than him. Taking into consideration the changes for the big men, and Shaq loves to do all sorts of like, where do I stand? Where do I fall with all of the big men in the history of the NBA? Where do you think he falls? Well, you know, I like to look at players in different eras, okay? And I think today, because the NBA has changed so much, the coaching coaching has changed a lot because they have to deal with the uh, with the three point line. And now Sanders has to be much more versatile. But if you put him in his prime against other centers in his prime, he would be fantastic. He would absolutely be fantastic because he is so has such quick feet, <clears throat> and he was massive. And once he got his position, he was going to run right through you. 
But I've never tried to compare uh, players at all. Uh, in different areas, there's always players that stand out and others. But the game changes fundamentally every year uh, because of rule changes. Um, uh, Will Chamberlain, he used to dunk from the free throw line when he was in college. They cut that out. Uh, the lane, they made it wider. Now there's so many different three-point, I mean, uh, three-second calls they can make, which is a technical foul. And today, that's probably going to give a team a, another point, which you don't want to happen. So the league has changed, but uh, he would do very well in era, in era, ever era that we have seen so far. But he would himself have to make fundamental change. He'd have to learn to go out in the court and play people a little bit better because of threat of three-point shooting. But uh, I just think these great players can adjust to those things if they were still playing today. Jerry West here on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. What player do you believe is the least valued player in the NBA that you think should have more weight as we look back at the history Mm. of the NBA? That is a fantastic question. No one's even asked me that. Um, You know, being involved with the Clippers, um, people forget, because he's been injured so much, how great Kawhi Leonard really is. I mean, he's a, this guy's a man. And on both ends of the court, uh, you watch film playing when he was really healthy all the time. And last year, he had it going again really well last year. But because he has missed so many games with injuries, I think people forget about him. And, you know, I looked at these teams and, you know, people are starting to talk about, well, this team should be favored in this. The Clipper team, not because I work there, this team has two elite players on both ends of the court. Very few teams can say that. I'm talking about Kawhi and Paul George. Um but if any other players that I remember in yesteryear, John Stockton, I thought, was the most underappreciated player in the league. But if, if you look now, um, oh, boy. Um, I think Bam Adubato in Miami is really good. Uh, he, he, plays, he plays every night. He competes every night. He gets numbers every night. And you can write him in. A coach loves a player that goes out there every night and he fills the stat sheet up. But even if he doesn't say score on some nights, he's still going to help them win because of his value to his team. And he's, he doesn't get a lot of publicity, but he, he, I really think he is a terrific player myself. Obviously, the caveat that you are with the Clippers, but is this the year for the Clippers? I know there's a lot of uh, journeyman players who want to come to Los Angeles and join you guys up, but I have to ask that for poor TJ over there, who's long suffering. <laughs> well, this is a this Clipper team is really dangerous. I mean, we're, we have players at every position, and I think people I see a lot of free agents being signed today, and everyone raves about these free agents. Well, other people could have signed those those people, and it's not a knock against them. But it's the fit you have within your team. It's like a puzzle. To me, you, you, know, you work a beautiful puzzle and there's a big hole left in the middle of it because two or three pieces missing. If that piece is missing, it's not a, it's not a puzzle. So coaches have to adapt to players getting hurt today, uh, players not being able to play on certain nights. They have to adapt a lot. This Clipper team is 
a really good team healthy. I mean, really good. It's just how to keep them healthy. That's been the Achilles heel the whole time, correct? Well, you come to California, get in the sun, that's supposed to make you healthy, right? <laughs> well, in this case, it hasn't. But, um, no, we, we have some terrific players. We really do. And, and I don't like to overhype any team. Uh, to me, the Lakers have done a great job uh, here in the last year and a half. Um, two incredibly gifted players that will carry them. But it's, it's just, uh, you know, I look at um, – Again, Denver, my goodness, uh, a very dominant team. And th- probably the best player in the league is uh, Jokic. And he is, he just, he, you know, he's not the greatest athlete in the world. He makes teams win. He's easy to play with. He, uh, he, he just has a way that makes it easier for a coach to play. But coming into any situation, Susie, in any sport, and particularly basketball, you know, you're playing two ends of the court. You're playing the offensive end and defensive end. And if they're not coordinated, you can't hide more than maybe one defensive player who, who just is a poor defender. And particularly in late in the playoffs, those people are going to get exposed because our coaches are that good in this league. Where does Jokic stand in terms of the greats of the game? Like As you watch him, you've watched everybody, you've sized everybody up. Where is he? <laughs> He's, he's just amazing. He really is. You watch him, you know, he doesn't really dunk like we see, and that's everyone in the league dunks today. Uh, but he, is, he just is one of those players that if you watch him play, he'll score 10 points, and he'll have, he'll have 15 or 20 rebounds, 12 assists. But people, you have to watch him carefully around the basket, and some of the shots that he makes, you say, oh, he can't make those shots. He makes them regularly, and he's got the greatest pair of hands that <clears throat> any inside player. And people don't really talk about that, but I played with players that <laughs> we had finally had nicknames for them, board hands. They couldn't catch. Their <laughs> hand and eye coordinator wasn't great. But he just got those incredible hands, and the, the thing that I love about him, he'll shoot a shot on one side, and everyone, he's so he anticipates his own misses, and sometimes I think he misses deliberately because people get themselves out of position. He'll catch it on the other side and lay it in and get fouled. But um, as I say, he is he is like you know like LeBron James uh, who <clears throat> who plays here for Los Angeles. I have I have known him since he's 17 years old, and the brilliance of him as a player, but more importantly, his mind. His mind makes everyone better, and. It also, these things rub off on your teammates. So if you've got a great passing team, which is one of the things I think is prettiest about basketball, uh, and it's more difficult to see today because so many players run, but you can be on three on one, and a guy will run behind a three-point shot, pass up a layup to shoot a three-point shot. And again, this is the analytical approach that has that has gathered steam, particularly in basketball, but they don't tell you this nor this. And, uh, but again, he just, these kind of players are rarities and that's why they're so highly coveted. But more importantly, uh, the people who play with them appreciate that one skill that we don't see enough of.
We're going to take a quick break here on the Rich Eisen Show when we come back. A second segment with the great Jerry West and your questions. This is a rare opportunity, people. So ask respectfully, ask nicely, and maybe he will answer. Right back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Good to see you, Shaquille O'Neal. How are you, sir? Before we get started. Yes, if I take this home, will I get arrested? The Vince Lombardi trophy? Is this the real one? Or that's the real one. That's a real Vince Lombardi trophy. Sorry. I don't know if that's the one that's going to be given to the Rams and the Patriots this weekend, but that is a real... You want to you want to lift it? Well, if I lift it, I want to take it home. No, if you... Well... <laughs> <laughs> then I think we're, then I think we're at uh, a crossroads here. Actually, we're not at a crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why. Okay, sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I watch a lot of law shows. Okay, I got about 50 witnesses that seen me hit my head on your set. Oh. So if you just give me this, I'll let bygones be bygones. So, so it's a liability issue yes, for is. me yeah. that turns into an even worse liability issue. I don't want to have to call it the Shaq Eisen show. No, I know I know that. Just, I know all that. All you got to do is just give me this and I'll put it next to mine. I'm, this I'm, is beautiful. I'm doing the math in my head as to how much you'd be suing me for personal liability as to how much this trophy costs, which I've been told is around $22,000. Well, I'll be suing you for $23,000. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to lift it? No, I don't want to touch it. Okay, you sure you don't want to touch that? Bad luck. Bad luck for you? Or for No, to touch the trophy when you don't earn it. I like that. Yeah, my father used to always... Are you uh, serious? Yeah, he always used to 
Because you know, like when you're a kid, you get the trophy from the local, local trophy shop. Sure. You'd be like, if you listen to me, guys, you get this, you want to touch it. Don't touch it, it's bad luck, you got to earn it. Right. So. So that's you, why that, that's why like you know how like in the NBA when you win the Eastern Conference or Western Conference they give you those little trophies yeah. I never touched it never I never touched it and I never celebrated I, I remember Phil did that too right yeah. didn't you like when you guys won the Western Conference Finals yeah. of one of the many times you did yeah I never touched it I never, never looked at it never celebrated this is beautiful though it's a beautiful it's a beautiful trophy yeah. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Susie Schuster in for my husband, Rich Eisen, with the great Jerry West with me, which is such a treat. And the first caller we're getting, and by the way, you don't get to call in and ask Jerry questions very often. So this is pretty special here on Roku. But first caller, I'm holding my breath because uh, Scott in Boston, you're on the phone. Scott, what do you got? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, Susie, happy birthday yesterday. I, I didn't think when I was driving to work today I'd get to ask Jerry West a question, so I'm kind of excited about that. And uh, hi to TJ and Chris. Uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second, Scott. We're going to pipe you into the studio so that Jerry can hear you. So, but thanks for the happy birthday. And your kids were the first two people to call me, so that was a good thing. So you've clearly good. Uh, hold on, you got yeah, it. You uh, got it, Philly. Yes. Yeah, hold on. We're going to bump you up. Hold on one second, Scott. All right. We're going to try to bump you up into the studio so I don't have to repeat your question because I don't want to screw it up. We got it. I think we hear you. All right, Scotty, go for it. This is my brother Scott calling in from. Okay, Boston. great. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Scott? Hey. Hey, Jerry, I'm a big fan of not only you're a basketball player, but all the things you've said about and help people with uh, mental health, so I appreciate that. My guess is you're not a big Celtics fan, but i got a Celtics question for you. If you were the general manager of the Celtics, would you have signed Jalen Brown to the contract they just signed him to? And I realize you know, he's the highest-paid player now in the NBA, and I realize it's more a function of how the contracts work, and he'll be bypassed shortly, but... Would you sign him to that deal? And if, and also, if you were the coach of the Celtics, what would you ask Jalen Brown to improve on so the Celtics can make that next step and win the, uh, the championship? And the last part of it is, do you think he'll be better with a more traditional point guard now that Marcus Smart has left the Celtics? All right, I'm going to break this down because those were three questions, and I'm going to ask them one at a time for you. Let's just first start off with Jalen Brown. Your thoughts on him as a player? Obviously, he just got a lot of money. So with what are whom? your thoughts on Jalen Brown with the Celtics? Well, he's a terrific player, obviously, and I think um, the way the game is played today, he actually keeps improving, and I think that's the thing I like about him. Um, in college, you know, he didn't shoot the ball as well or as consistently as he does today, but I also think the way they play, they have an incredible one-two punch there in Boston, and uh, he just he's just a player that keeps getting better, and players like that, I think every team has someone that they're you know they're drafted younger than they than they normally would be, and uh, he just keeps getting better. And you know Boston's they've had a great franchise for years. They have uh, wonderful people that work there, as as do the other franchises in the league. But he he's a terrific young player. Do you feel that Jalen Brown will improve with a different point guard in play? Obviously, Marcus Smart has been shipped out now. Well, you know, you don't know that. You really don't know that. I think the one thing is you, you expect players just from, and this is an all-team, you expect them, younger they are, and obviously they get to be 25 or something. I think players can continue to get better, and particularly mentally. Uh, all players have uh, uh, do that, and particularly players that have enough physical gifts uh, who have the work ethic, which is, Something, if you ever lose that, you're not going to get better. 
And uh, but uh, there's a lot of teams that have players like that. And I think when you're uh, when you're his age and players his age, the height of a player today uh, probably twenty nine to thirty five. Where at one time at thirty five you're going to retire, not anymore because of all the physical things. Players take care of themselves because the enormity of the money in the league today. This is a profession today. It truly is. What do you think as you look at a player like that and when a player gets paid the way they did and you look at development? You know, I, uh, speaking of, Susie, speaking of uh, money, I don't care what players uh, players make. I'd like to think that the players, and particularly in 1964, in an all-star game in Boston Garden, the old Boston Garden, the players got together and said, we're not going to play this game unless you um, recognize us as someone that can that can bargain with you. And the owner of the Lakers then came into our locker room, Elgin Baylor and I were on the all-star team, and here's here was his words. His words were the following. If you don't play, you're never going to play another basketball game again. And I love the competition. I still love to watch people compete, particularly in basketball, because it's something that has always been in my blood. And I marvel at some of the things that the players do today. And from that moment on, and Oscar Robertson's involvement uh, in, a, in a lawsuit, um, very much like Kurt Flood in baseball, um, that has opened the gates for these young kids today. And for I am thrilled for them. Obviously, a lot of old-timers wish there were other uh, sources of revenues that, that would help them because basically you had to have another job in the summer. You made nothing. And um, it was just uh, the growth of the league. Uh, I'm thrilled for the players today, for the incoming players. But they must realize that only 440 of them are going to be involved at the NBA and really a chance at this piece of the pie. Um, it's a profession today. It's not just a. It's not just something that people did because they like to compete. God, you must be so. You've been covering and and been such an integral part of the NBA. You're the logo after all. And as you see the game change, I know you don't like to say that you're the logo, but I know because you're a very humble guy. But as you see the game change. What's it like for you to watch these players getting the money that they get, thinking about how you guys played and how you guys put in the time and effort versus what these guys get, even unproven at this point? Well, I think that I think the biggest thing, Susie, it really wasn't the money uh, because, again, you played for a different reason. You played because you love to compete. And, you know, from the time, almost all these kids playing today are, are the same thing. They started playing very young, and obviously some of them separate themselves because of the greatness, uh, their unique skills. Uh, but I never really uh, thought about the money because an owner would come to you and he'd say, okay, we're offering you a two-year deal, and you had no agents, no one to represent you, and they wouldn't even talk to an agent or somebody, even a lawyer, they wouldn't even talk to them. And it was take it or leave it. Um, it got to the point where, you know, it was very frustrating to have to do that because you really felt they were being deceptive. And coming from where I came from in West Virginia, I was so naive. It was a joke. But today now, uh, the, the thing that I look at today, 
I marvel at all the medical treatments and how they measure where an athlete is today physically as compared to yesteryear. Uh, that to me, to walk away from the game with no, uh, you know, bad knees or whatever injuries they had, I'm fortunate in 85 years of age, I don't have any of those problems and I had a lot of stuff that happened to me. But again, you know, I knock on wood all the time. I, I, I'm pretty darn healthy for my age. Chris, what do you have? Uh, Mr. West, there's a lot of debate on social media and everything about what era was the best era of basketball. Um, you know, the, the 90s players seem to think it was their era. Today's players, there's so much talent now. What era do you think was the best? Yeah, what was the best era of basketball, in your opinion? Oh, my gosh. I think, um, I believe in 1988, and I'm not sure. The, I, I think the Lakers won the championship when I was there. The three-point line had came into being. I don't think we shot 300 three-point shots all year long, but that those teams in the 80s were the best teams I have ever seen, even better than the teams playing today. They had size. They had, oh, my gosh, they had all-stars at every position. But you remember, you have to remember one thing. The league had, was now expanding, and so there were less players that could play in the league, and now there's more players that play in the league. And with the growth of the league, you know, you keep seeing people clamoring for, um, you know, an expansion franchise. Um, And I think the NBA, I I have, you know, our our commissioner uh, has done an unbelievable job. And I'm talking about Adam Silver. He's done an unbelievable job growing this league. His job was so different than David's, Stern's. And he's grown this league now. And, and. There's room for other teams because there's so many players uh, that have are worthy of playing in the NBA. But uh, as I say, this game was will not stop growing. Uh, I just feel that um, it's it, as I say in in '88 when we won that, coaches didn't have to adjust to the three point line, and that has in the last number of years, and I don't know what uh, what it would what the years those were. But now you see everyone wanting to shoot a three-point shot. And the other thing I think it does, it kind of opens up an area for smaller players to be able to play in the league because cleverness with the ball, the ability to shoot three-point shots, uh, I think it's also let smaller players play. And um, there's a bunch of people out there that don't go to 6'5", to 6'9", to, or 6'10". There's a bunch of kids. So that's a good thing about it. But the coaches have changed. We've got some incredible coaches in this league. And hats off to them because they have learned how to use this three-point line to their advantage. How many um, three-pointers would you have made with a line? Uh, (laughs) Well, if you shoot enough, you're going to make some. (laughs) And I didn't mind shooting the ball. (laughs) No, you did not. TJ, you have a question, but make it very loud. Very loud. So, uh, Mr. Jerry, you know, we're in sports, we're very... TJ's got a question for you. In sports, we're very big on comparisons. We always like to compare the players from our past to the players of our present. Which modern-day players do you see that remind you of yourself, of a young Jerry West? Who out there in the league today do you look at and go, okay, I can see myself in... In him. Yeah, who do you see in the modern day NBA that reminds you of you? 
God forbid anyone <laughs> did. I was, I was, actually, I, I was a crazy competitor. I mean, I used to worry about the games all day long. And um, I think we have so many of those kids in the league, so many of them today in the league. But I think if I, looking back, and I don't, it's uncomfortable to really talk about, you know, how I played in those, to, those times. And obviously I was a player that got a lot of attention I think I made 11 all-pro teams in, in my career, and the, and the writers didn't vote for it, and the players. And so it was more meaningful, I think, than it is today. But um, I was – I probably, when I came into the league, as a better defensive player, and I was an offensive player. And that was really a strength that um, I like to see in players – and I think I mentioned earlier, uh, I mentioned two players that play for the Clippers, and I don't get to see – I see all these other teams play. But Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they play both ends of the court, and that's why I sort of admire them uh, maybe more than most might, um, even though they've been not been healthy here recently. I just like players that are well-rounded, that can play both ends of the court, and they they like to do it. You have to like to do that. You know, coaches can't keep forcing you to do it. Um, you know, you see players that are poor defenders, and you say, my gosh, my goodness, this player is so athletic. Why can't he play the other in the court? And there's a, there's a knock to doing that. I told Kareem Abdul-Jabbar one time, I said, Kareem, if you'd really work hard, and <laughs> after the end of the season – I said, I said to him, if you really worked hard, you might accomplish things that you can't even believe. After the season, I apologized to him. He made it look so easy because he didn't waste steps. And you see some players, you watch some really great players, unless they're running, their effort is just moving their body subtly to the right places. And within the scheme of a defensive scheme that the, the coach might put out there for them, they just play the game easier. They have few, fewer wasted steps in a game, and they accomplish more. Well, then I have to ask you, how did he take that criticism when you said that to him? Him? Well, he again, he and I are close. I, he's one of the players that, I don't know, I always liked him. And he's, he's different. He's really studious. He's in incredibly bright um and he and i like to read and it came over uh, it came because of readings he would you know i'd hear him talk about certain things but i met him when, when he was in high school and i think what happened i went i read about him in the paper and when we were when i was playing we practiced at the gym and i went over and had a conversation with him um and that's little did i know he was going to get to where he's going to get and uh, had an opportunity to coach him. Um, he was a consummate professional, consummate. And I admired everything he did. And particularly after being around him, he was one of those players that just didn't waste steps. And it was just a, an economical way for him to save energy. Jerry, I'm going to ask you to come on every time I do the show. I want to <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It means so much to us. Susie, I really appreciate it. And obviously, it's nice to see you. And, you too. And I do have an opportunity to watch you and Rich sometimes when I'm working out. And um, I wish you continued good luck. Thanks, Jerry. Really appreciate it. We're going to take you. a break and wrap the show up. When we come back, we'll uh, put a ribbon on it. This is The Rich Eisen Show. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mike Del Tufo is standing at a microphone that's uh, about, I'd say, 20 feet away. Yep. Looking right at Mr. Wonderful of Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank. Go for it, Mike Del Tufo. What happens if, like, something happens to me and 2,500 miles away, my family's there, and they don't know, I could be sitting in the apartment alone, dead for days. So I came up with an idea for an app called Just In Case that would be basically you download it and you could check in with this app and other people could see that, A, you're alive still. You could basically be tracked with it. Just to get the whole story yeah. before I completely eviscerate you. Go ahead. How, how, how would you make money doing this? You a subscription per, per month. Oh, people are going to pay per month. 99 cents per month. Very cheap. If your mom calls you for two days and doesn't get an answer, she's probably going to call the super and say, go check on his corpse. Like, think about it. They don't need 99 cents a but month for that. But in theory, wouldn't you want, if it's something you don't have to do, Mike, other people can check in. When you're in. dead, you're dead. <laughs> like, who cares? How does the app are, know you're dead? The app doesn't know you're dead. You what have happens to tell is, it you're not the dead. The app would tell not you dead that you're not checking in. Every time you unlock your phone, it would ping, and you put people on a list that know that if, like, your, your mother is in Florida, she could be sitting in the house. You know that at least she's checked in on her phone. If you're their kid, you don't have to talk to him on the phone. You don't have to call him. And if it's a kid, why you know you, the kid. Why, if you think you're, if you're, if you're worried if your mother's happened. dead, why don't you call her? Well, call let's say mother, Mike. people don't call their mother and father and live 2,500 miles Mom, away every day. I just want to make sure you're not minute. dead. Like, are you kidding? You should call your mother every day. No, no, no. I'm talking about like all day. You don't know. Oh, oh you want to know the exact moment your yeah, mother died. You can died. check in. You know that they've actually. <laughs> exactly. Welcome back to The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. I'm sitting at The Rich Eisen Show radio network desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Breaking news. Rich is on the ground in Canton, Ohio. If you see him, just say go blue. I'm sure that's what everybody would like to do. Chris, you got some breaking news for us, please? Oh, I thought that was the breaking news. 
That was my breaking news. Oh, what is your man. breaking news, Chris? Uh, yeah, breaking news. Uh, the league has finally levied a punishment for Alvin Kamara, uh, stemming from his involvement in a Las Vegas fight uh, two years ago. Three-game suspension for Alvin Kamara. So mm. he's going to miss uh, week one against the Titans and then road games in week two and three at Carolina at Green Bay. He'll be back week four against Tampa. Uh, if you remember correctly, Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in touchdowns last year, is in New Orleans with uh, Derek Carr, Mike Thomas, et cetera. So Alvin Kamara, gone first three games of mm. this coming season. Mm. Games are weeks away, Chris. Weeks away. I got to say, I know you guys didn't watch, but it was nice to just see football on the screen last night. Uh, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. And, you know, they had uh, they did a few minutes with Aaron Rodgers put on the headset and they were talking to him um, in, before the lights went out in the third quarter. It was it was great. It was nice to just see it out there. Um, you know, DTR balled out for the for Cleveland. You know, Zach Wilson played OK. It was just just nice to see. You know, two different teams out on a green grass field uh, in a stadium, hitting each other, guys making plays. Zach Wilson, a 50-yard pass. Like, we're back. You know, we made it. Uh, I think Tarico said it was 172 days. You know, that's almost six months without football and a long spring. It's a long spring. Dog, dog days of the summer. And so we're back. We're just now football every week until February. So... Buckle up. Let's go. Buckle up, Buttercup. We watched DeMarcus Ware sing last night. That is what we did see. We saw a couple highlights. We saw DeMarcus Ware singing. I wanted to make fun of that at first. I thought he did a great job. Uh, And then he he did it for Demarius Thomas. He was doing the honor of Demarius Thomas, and I realized, okay, I'm an a-hole. I shouldn't really say anything. You said it, not me. uh, (laughs) uh, It was cool. It was cool. I I like it when the Hall of Famers come out, Zach Thomas and Joe Thomas. It's awesome. Football is... I mean, it's so great. I mean, this obviously. is what makes Rich so happy. He does love this weekend. He doesn't like being away from my birthday. He got to we got to spend some nice time together yesterday, which is kind of a rarity. But he loves being there for that dinner. I think he always says that hosting the Jackets dinner is one of the greatest privileges that he has, mm-hmm. just because of all the greats in the room and everybody that came before. And walking through the bus in Canton is very special. So. I think he will have a great time. I'm happy to sit in this chair. You know me. I like to kind of like play with the guest list and what have you. But I could sit there and listen to Jerry West wax rhapsodic. He could read the ingredients on the ice cream package I handed to him because I just think he is such a gift. And to be able to have people call in and those of you who didn't get your question asked, maybe another time we'll try to do it again. But I just think he is... um, a walking encyclopedia. Yeah, we talked about Zach Wilson being able to sit under the learning tree of Aaron Rodgers. Well, just being able to sit and listen to Jerry West, who is the logo of the NBA, and he shortchanged himself. He said 11-time All-NBA. He's actually 12-time. I didn't want to correct him, but he shortchanged himself uh, one All-NBA team. And just to be able to listen to someone that has his cachet, his resume, his just knowledge of the game for so many years. It, it was just a pleasure and an honor to kind of sit back and it's something I wish I could do more of, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and by the way, any young NBA player that might be seeing this interview, take note at the degree of humbleness that Jerry West has. He will never show off about himself. He did say, I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was pretty good. Uh, yes, you no, were. You, you were, you, you were exceptional. legend. Yeah. Hall of Famer, <laughs> college basketball Hall of Fame. He was a head coach in the NBA. People forget that. He coached three seasons sure, sure. with the Lakers. Uh, I mean, the guy's done it all. He's seen it all. Uh, think about the players, even just in his executive career, that he discovered. Yeah, you it's know, crazy. Um, 
if not for Jerry West, Kobe Bryant, a little would kid be named a Kobe Bryant, Charlotte Hornet, mm-hmm. and not a Los Angeles Lakers. Right, exactly. For so, instance, you yeah. know, and the guy's a living, a living walking legend. It's it's an honor to be able to to see him as often as he's been able to come through here. And also, Chris, without even diving into what was discussed off camera, just those conversations that the stories that he shared off camera with us were just kind of mind blowing and just. It, you know, it's just something that it's yeah, very yeah. memorable. The and I won't he said that he's gotten into those in his in his autobiography. I mean, he came from a very abusive yeah. upbringing in West Virginia. And the, guy, the guy's amazing. It's it's really cool. The, you know, the person that he is is not the person you see portrayed on Winning Time. But um, it is awesome just to be able to. And fact, the fact that you have that relationship with him is really cool that you share that with us. Yeah, I'm a little jealous when of you're that. sitting in. <laughs> I don't take it for granted. I've got I a relationship like that with Del Tufo and Brockman. It's just not the same, <laughs> it's Susie. Not the it's same. not the it's same. Not They're the same. cool. Feller's okay, but it's not, you know, I can't call Jerry West up. I met Jerry West, twin, uh, let's see, what's, what year is it? 2023. Yeah. I met him 25 years ago when I came out here to interview Kobe Bryant for Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. Okay. And I called uh, Jerry to book him for that. And then when I moved out here to cover the Lakers the following year, the only person I knew was Kobe. And uh, and and I was grateful to have a great relationship with, with him for so long. But Jerry really helped make my adjustment to Los Angeles seamless. And I'm always grateful for that. And he's the kind of person that if you work very hard and prove yourself to him, then he will uh, he believes right back in you. And that is something I will never, ever take for granted. I don't take for granted either my ability to sit here with you either. I love sitting in for Rich. I'm thrilled to have been back in. I will bring in booze. I will bring in ice cream. Yes. I will bring in donuts if it means that I get to kick my husband out of his chair. I'm going to need um, an Uber home. Thanks. Oh, yeah, so you're full. welcome. Uh, my thanks to the great Amy Trask, my partner in crime, which I'm so excited about for the football scoop with Schuster and Trask coming yeah, up for you. Looking forward to and that. And Phil Nevin, of course. And the stories are long and deep, but they don't belong on TV. <laughs> Have a great Friday, everybody. And thanks for letting me sit with you for the last three hours on the Rich Eisen Show on Roku. We out like shout. <laughs>